Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello and welcome to Planantia's podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty and I'm your host. And as you all know, I am a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I am here with my guest today, uh, who we were going to refer to as the recovering spendthrift. Pretty aptly named, I have to say. <laughs> Perfect. Well, it's fun because we've had a lot of, I don't want to say generic girl name, but like nor- like common girl names, like where people have just been choosing like their middle name or a name they like. So it's fun to like not have. Um, it sounds like an like AOL a- screen name I should have had at some point. <laughs> right? Yeah, like back in the day. Yeah. You would have had to add like some numbers to it, like some oh, zero. Totally. <laughs> Never get the name you want it with no, no digits behind it. So um, tell us a little and the listeners a little bit about yourself. So age, status. Sure. Um, so I am 31. I live in Manhattan. Um, I was married for three and a half years. I'm currently in the midst of going through a divorce. So I actually work in the beauty industry and have since um, September been living in a studio in Midtown. So that's a bit about me right now. Nice. Okay. So beauty industry in Manhattan. What is Manhattan like right now in the midst of this quarantine? It is a little bit, I have to say, dystopian is probably the best word I can think of. Like, I'm a big restaurant goer. I'm a big socializer. So that whole thing about everything being shuttered, but beyond some of some great places are still doing some delivery and takeout and things of that nature. But just the entire vibe of the city is extremely different. And I guess walking down the street, you don't really think about waving to someone or saying hello. You see everyone trying to eye what six feet apart is supposed to be. And it's like this strange <laughs> moment on on my sanity walks per day. But yeah, just trying to take it day by day. Working from home has become the new normal. Um, but beyond that, yeah, it just feels a little bit obviously empty and a little bit less, I don't know, vibrant of a city. But it was a really beautiful spring. So I think everyone's taking... Um, 
walks and blossoms as being the, the highlights of the day as opposed to what I think we're used to. Um, but yeah, as good as it can be. Okay, good. Yeah. I used to be a Manhattanite. I am no longer. And so I was just curious what it was like down there because it's, it's, it's weird. So, yeah, it to yeah, it's weird. Where in the city were you? I was in Midtown. So, okay. um, yeah, I was conveniently located by a Trader Joe's, which was Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm close to a Whole Foods. So that's always a good thing. Not that I was cooking before this. Um, but now that's a new skill of mine that I've had to hone. Uh, yeah. So interestingly enough, I decided that my thing for the quarantine is I'm going to learn how to cook because um, the girl who took over my sub uh, took over my lease actually had to remove the plastic wrap on my oven. <laughs> okay. So we are on the same page. We are cut from the same cloth for sure. <laughs> and for like our listeners who are not from like a major city area in New York, it's almost easier as a single person, I think, to do takeout because you just, the way I looked at it would, I'd order takeout and I could eat it for two meals versus going to a grocery store. And, um, absolutely. Yeah. My, my former roommates here in Salt Lake didn't, I don't think they understood. And so I sent them a picture of how long the lines were for grocery stores, like for Trader Joe's. And they couldn't believe that that was what the experience grocery shopping was like in New York versus other cities where you can just walk in, go get the stuff you need and check out and leave. In New York it can be a bit of a process. To Absolutely. Get and also I've convinced myself that it's cheaper to go to restaurants, which it probably definitely isn't. But it's like, oh, well, if I want this meal, there's no way I could buy all those ingredients and make it well enough. I might as well just pay the premium and go out. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, definitely, I definitely think there's an argument as a single person. If you're trying to do a big meal, unless you want to eat it, and like then you don't have as much storage space for all like if you're gonna freeze everything, like everything's just smaller. So totally. totally. And it's yeah. more fun to go out. So that's basically probably the number one reason why I do it. But as to your point, quarantine I've kind of um, figured out how to turn on the oven and played around with some recipes, had to learn how to paint my own nails. So things are really taking a turn. <laughs> but it is very good for your budget. It I'm telling you right now, I was shocked when I looked at my credit card statement this month versus other ones. So now I'm thinking about little stuff like, oh, maybe I should be making my own coffee every morning and all those things that everyone tells you, like stop buying avocado toast, like that meme. I feel that it might actually be kind of true. So I'm it was 100% to... true. Yeah. So this will be good. You'll learn to cook and you'll learn what you like. <laughs> exactly. Like you'll learn what like is reasonable to make at home. Like quesadillas like you don't need that many ingredients and you can totally. freeze like, you know you can freeze like use frozen shrimp so that because as a single person you don't want to buy a whole head of lettuce right because you're just not going to need the whole thing right exactly. um, so you'll you'll learn about that so well okay so you're able so you don't have any financial concerns because you're able to work fully remote yes exactly so for right now knock on wood um that is definitely one of the stressors that I'm not experiencing um in the industry that I'm in, online sales are still doing pretty well considering. Um, okay. so right now, there's no talk of a furlough or layoffs or anything like that. But of course, who knows what the future will hold. So I'm definitely trying to keep that in the back of my mind as being a possibility. But currently, um, yeah, I'm pretty secure. And then what um, what is your salary, uh, give or take? Yeah, my salary is 110000 and then we usually have a bonus at the end of the fiscal year, but that is probably the one piece that a lot of people are going to be dealing with that um, might not be coming coming through. Yeah, coming through. Okay, and so then you you said that your biweekly paychecks are about 2500 Correct. Every, every two weeks? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, perfect. And then now um, you're new to being single, and so yeah. you just got your own apartment. I did. I've actually, September was the first time I'd ever written my own rent check and sent it in, so that was a big um, moment for me. But yes, I just um, signed my own lease in September for the year, and that studio is 2500 per month. Okay. And so were you living with your ex-husband and so he was just handling everything? Yeah. So I, yeah. So we've been together for almost 10 years, a little over 10 years. Um, Yeah. So we've been together since I've been in college and right after school moved right in with him. So had never really had to, I would say, handle a lot of the household finances. Um, And he was in finance himself. So he kind of just took it on and I was able to then pay him the rent. He'd pay the rent and carry on. And then once we got married, we combined all of our finances. So we did have separate bank accounts for a few years, but as my um, pseudonym says, I definitely spent outside my means when I had my own account. So once we did get married, covered up a bunch of that credit card debt that I had had lying around and then he carried um, kind of the financial decisions and all of that with me, he definitely was open about it, but there's just a level of understanding that I just didn't quite grasp. So <laughs> I never really had to worry about what was paid, how, when, et cetera. Wow. Okay. So this is a big, so it's a life change to go through a divorce, obviously. Yeah. Right. Um, but so then this is another life change because it sounds like he was kind of handling everything and you didn't have to be as concerned about. Correct. Bills. Oh wow. Hundred percent. So how, how has that been for you? Um, it has been, I would say, different, but I wouldn't say it's impossible. I think a lot of the online pieces are super helpful. Um, but I don't think that I still have quite a great knack for saving that I should. Um, okay. I think that for a while I've given myself the benefit of the doubt of like, oh, it's a tough time. Just you know, you need this, you deserve this, et cetera, et cetera. So in a weird way, this quarantine has kind of been a good way to halt, stop, think, and be like, okay, now you have what you have. How do we make this work? So it couldn't be a better time that we're chatting because I think that after the end of the year last year of a couple months of doing whatever I wanted and spending as I'd been spending, thinking I was a two-income household and I wasn't, um, Mm -hmm. I thought start to catch up with me a bit. So Good. So not that the quarantine is a positive thing. So it's a terrible thing to go through. But, but, uh, but I think maybe a learning moment or like coming out of this for you will be how can you make your dollars last longer? Yeah. And also what do I really need to be spending on? I think is huge because I kind of, my idea is always have the best time. Everything's a party, <laughs> you know, enjoy your life as much as you can, which certainly I will continue to do, but this has made me think about different ways I can tweak the excess um, that I think that I've become accustomed to um, a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, learning to cook as a single person is, is different. And so that it's good that you're testing that out now, right? And then you can figure out, you know, what you're going to splurge on and what you're not going to, right? Exactly. Maybe it's not on the coffee because it's an easy thing to do. And I know everyone hates saying don't, you know, have coffee at home. But it if you're literally going to like cha cha and getting like a matcha every day, that adds up significantly. No, and I do. If I don't walk into work with a large iced coffee, something's wrong. And that's like four dollars every single day that I probably don't need to be spending. So then having 
a cold beer maker here now is like, oh, I could definitely not have to do that every day and I can do it at home and bring it with me. So it's just taking the time to think about ways that I can adjust my creature comforts um, that aren't really creature comforts. They're just habits that I can easily break. Yeah, that habits that you have to break. Yeah, exactly. Because um, it's not that it's the coffee that's the problem. It's just that if you only have so after so your monthly rent is twenty five hundred and you get paid every two weeks twenty five hundred. So just uh-huh. for easy math sake, you have twenty five hundred left, but that's all of your money, and that's going to be um, right. That's not saving anything. <laughs> that's not saving and New York is a very expensive city, mm-hmm. and so you can easily spend. You know, you buy a, a nice coffee for four dollars, and then you pick up a breakfast sandwich for six. Now you're at ten. Then you go out for a salad, which people might be shocked, but some of the salad places in New York are fifteen dollars for oh, a salad. So you could eat, and then you go out for dinner with friends, and that's a hundred. So yep. you could easily be in for one twenty-five, one thirty for a day, and not blink and be like, "Okay, that was and, a normal day," and not feel like you did anything excessive. Like you didn't, <laughs> correct. You didn't go anywhere fancy to get your nails done. You didn't pick up any. You didn't get a new top for work. You didn't take an Uber anywhere. Like in New York, money can go so quickly. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's totally true. Yeah, so you do 10 days of that and you're at half of your disposal, you know, your income that you have left right. over. Right, exactly. Yep. So, yeah, so I definitely think <laughs> it's not necessarily the coffee, it's just where do you want to, fo- where do you want your money? And so I think what is a good habit if you're, now that you're learning this, you know, this is a, you're resetting on everything in your personal life, but also in your financial life. Yeah. The best way to do it, and most people don't do it this way, most people, spend their money, right? You know, you pay rent. And so then you have the next paycheck is your, your money. And then at the end of the month, they say, Oh, I had $50 left over. So I saved that for savings. So what you really should do is the opposite. So you should sit down and say, okay, what are my financial goals? Like, where do I want to go with my life financially? So I want to make sure I'm in the 401k, which we'll talk about because I have a match or whatever the case may be. And then, you know, I really want to put $200 away for an emergency fund, and then I really want to take a vacation every year. So I'm going to put $200 away for vacation every year and break your money down that way. Right. And yeah. then he, okay. So now that we've taken, let's just say we take $400 off the table for vacation and emergency fund. Right. And then maybe another hundred dollars for another financial goal. So then you really don't have 2,500 to spend. You really have 2000. Yeah. And I that's mean, without your utilities. So like, let's say you add in your utilities and you figure out food, right. right? Like budget wise. And then you're like, okay, so now I really, Actually, that's another 500 for, you know, phone and food and renter's insurance and whatever other expenses you have, right? That it's come up in stuff like Netflix and Subway yeah. and yeah. all those things that you just don't really think about and you just automatically go ahead and repurchase and think that the money grows on trees. <laughs> and so then maybe after you do all of that, then you realize, well, of the 2500 after all of these other expenses come out, like Netflix and my Subway car, you know, Subway and maybe a little bit of money here for taxis. If it's late at night, you don't want to be taking the subway. And then you do money for, you know, an annual vacation and for an emergency fund. Then you maybe only really have 900 to spend mm-hmm. for dinners and the other things. And then if you divide that by 30 days, that's terrifying. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be, you just have to, because the thing is then you're still saying, you could say, you know what, maybe I'm not going to take as big of a vacation every year. Right. You know, maybe for the next couple of years, I'm just going to enjoy living in New York and I'm going to splurge on, you know, dinners out and then I'm going to have more money monthly because I'm not going to take that, I take a vacation. Or if I get a bonus, yep. right. That's my vacation money. Yeah. And 
So do you, do you see what I'm saying? So there's ways to work around it. You just have to, you have to start with what you have and then figure out what's left over and then allocate the money. And people always do it the other way. They get yeah. to the end of the month and say, I don't know what happened to the money. And I didn't, you know, I don't have anything saved for emergency. And I didn't, you know, the vacation is going to go on a credit card. And that's not the way you want to be doing it. Cause that can then snowball. If you have a month where things get out of hand, you just, it's hard to get ahead then. Absolutely. I think that's something that I definitely saw being a possibility. Um, very, very quickly. <laughs> it's like, Ooh, how'd that happen? Or, Oh, I don't, you look at your credit card statement and you're like, who did I think I was? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So tell me, so with the, you said you're with your 401k, you're doing 5% and you had bumped it down when you went out on your, you know, now that you're on your own. Yeah. So the 401k was from a previous employer. Um, okay. That one has not had anything going into it for almost three okay. years now. And then the simple IRA is currently what the company is um, matching. And they were only matching, I believe up to 5%, but I was doing the maximum just to get a little bit ahead of the game. Um, yep. Now I've dropped it down to where they're matching what I'm putting in, but I did lower it. So my paychecks were a bit higher. So I would come out with the paycheck being um, a, at the same level as my rent would be per the, per month. Okay. So you're putting in five and they're putting in five. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then that way you're at a 10% retirement. It's called the savings ratio. So what you know percent is going in? So your 10% is going in for retirement. Yeah. And then, you know, as a result, um, of separating everything, you do have money in an emergency fund. Yes, which currently is what I need to do something with that um, came out of investments and also um, another bonus. Okay, so I would say for now, just given the environment, you're just going to get, you're going to want to keep it in cash. Okay. Because um, if God forbid you lost your job, I mean, you don't. I guess you have about. Uh, like five months left on the rent, but you know, to cover five months of rent yeah. is still a substantial amount. Correct. So I would say keep that on there. And then I know that you have a balance on the Amex. I would definitely pay the balance off on the Amex. And then what I would do with that, because I think it's good while you're getting used to your new budget to have extra cash, is I would make sure it's in a high yield savings account. Okay. And high yield savings account just means if you, you know, if you look that up online right now, they're paying usually between 1.5 and 1.75, depending on the provider. And so it's not a lot of money, but it's better than 0. 0.0000, whatever they're yeah. paying. <laughs> right. So even if it's a couple hundred dollars, that's a meal out. That's, you know, that gives you a little bit more um, spending money. So it's better than nothing. So for now, just because this is a new, a big life change, I wouldn't get, you know, rush into investing it. Okay. Until, until things get a little bit more settled and you get a, a better handle on your budget and how it's going to be, right? That makes sense. Just because what I'd hate to see you do is go and invest it and then say they don't pay the bonus and you go over a month or two and then you have, I don't want you to run into having credit card debt. Right now yeah. you can use this to pay off the credit card that you yeah, have. Exactly. Balance. So I really think out of this whole pandemic, the emergency fund is the shining star. And so there's nothing wrong with holding cash for a year or two, a little bit more than you normally would. But I mean, what you're going to end up after you pay your Amex is about 10 months of spending, right? Yeah. So to have a, a you know, a 12 month, 10 month emergency fund is fine. Okay. Especially just because you're getting used to this scenario, this new scenario. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. I think because I had come from a situation where investing was such a huge part of what our plan was, I think that's why I thought that automatically that would be a good fit for me. But with kind of my lack of understanding and how that works in the current climate, I think it might be the best call.
Yeah, and you can always and it the investment window doesn't close, right? You can always put it in in six months if you know if you get if you get your bonus and now you have fifty thousand and you really only need to keep thirty five for twelve months of money, then you then you can do something with fifteen, right? right? It, right. It, it's not like you have to make the decision and it has to be in by the end of the week or it's gone. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that makes sense. And the other portion, the other thing to think about is you're still investing. You're investing in your retirement account. It's not that you're yeah. not investing. Right. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. There's various components to, and you know, your retirement is is critical because you're, you know, you're young and you're in your 30s, so you always want to be starting that. An emergency fund is key, and then usually once after you have both of those pieces done, it's the key to make sure that you're saving enough in the retirement account and that you have enough in the emergency fund. And then from there, it's, well, do you want to save for a down payment for a house, or do you want to start an investment account, right? Yeah. So they're all various options. So you're doing fine. It you don't it doesn't have to be invested. Okay, that's good advice. Yeah. So I think what the key um, would be because you have no student loan debt or anything, right? No. Mm-mm. Perfect. So I think the key would really be try and figure out what are and this is a you know you're in a unique position, right? Everything just changed for you. So what are your now? What are your goals going to be? What are your financial goals? Yeah, that's an interesting question. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's something I definitely need to kind of take a minute and think about. And then beyond that, just get a little bit more granular in keeping an eye on what, on your budget, what's going out yeah. and what's coming in. And instead of just kind of hoping for the best, because it'll all work out, which was kind of my um, Your idea. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my idea of financial responsibility for quite a while. Just, ah, it'll all work out. Um, Exactly, which it, it won't. So I think that I definitely need to just take a bit more of an active role in my own financial life and get that together. A hundred percent. And so I would start with with the budget, and no one likes the word budget, but I would mm-hmm. say, okay, twenty five hundred is this, and then what are all the other little expenses like Metro Card, um, utilities, um, you know, renters insurance. Yeah, like those monthly, those monthly pieces. Those monthly things that you need. Netflix. Um, rent the runway. Rent the runway. And then look at all of those. And then what do you have left over from there? And let's just say we leave what you currently have. So after you pay off your credit card, mm-hmm. uh, let's just say you have a, like a little over 35000 in cash for mm-hmm. emergency, which is really about what you, what, I always recommend six to 12 months. So you're okay. right in there. So then we check the box on the emergency fund. You got that covered. Um. So then from there, let's just say on your monthly, after you figure out all your expenses, how much would you, I would imagine you want to take vacation. So um, how much do you want to allocate a month? Because it's easier to save for your vacations up front, right? If you put um, away money and then depending on what your bonuses look like, and and maybe this year you don't get a bonus so that you really have to save for your own vacation because you might not get a bonus. And I feel like for this year anyway, travel is so crazy. Like I usually take a ton of work travel during this time of year so there's usually a couple of weeks of no expenses because I'll have it for work so that's going to be a little bit different this year but at the same time I think a lot of personal travel that I've had plans for have all been canceled too so this might be like I said kind of a restart year on yeah this might be a good year six yeah and the other thing is you could work also with the bonus you could always what you could do and this is like a little bit more you have to be really good with your budget, but you could always up your retirement, right? Because it's better to get up to, because I don't know what your mindset is now, and I don't want to assume, but now that you're single, I think it's really important as a single person, um, you know, ideally, I, I don't know if you want to get remarried or not, but who knows? <laughs> who knows, right? So like, people after they get divorced, they absolutely not. Other people were like, I 
you know, already dating, but, um, it's good for you to plan for your own financial future, right? To take, yeah. be able to take care of yourself from a financial standpoint. And so you're going to want to get your savings ratio up for retirement. So one way to do that is you could increase it and then live off of your, like, you know, take a little excess out of your emergency fund, which you then replenish with, with your bonus. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. If, if so our fiscal year ends at the end of May, so I should know pretty soon sure. if that's going to happen in, in the in the bonus realm so I think that might be a good time to to look at that and see if that's something I can work into um my plan what what was your bonus last year um it was I believe it was nine thousand okay yeah and you net it nine or you it was nine gross and you got like around 4,500 I don't remember. I'm going to have to look at it. Um, but I believe it was some, no, I think I net, I think I got around 9,000 that I got to spend. Okay. So then why don't we say this? So let's, let's say that you get, let's say the bonus is a little less this year, but the company still gives you a bonus in May, which right. is next month. And you get $5,000. You could put that in another account, like separate than the emergency fund. And then you can increase your simple IRA because this year is going to be a lower year in terms yeah. of expenses. And then live off the difference. You could say, okay, I'm going to increase my, um, you know, my simple plan by $500 a month. And I'm going to take that 500 out of the bonus money every month. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that could definitely be a good way around it. And then you know what account it's coming from, right? You're still not touching the emergency fund and you're living off the bonus money monthly and using it to increase the retirement account. And then you can see how it goes next year. Maybe you don't do as much next year because you're going to, you know, use half of that for a vacation, only put half in the simple. Yeah, that's a good point. There's all the little tricks you can do. Once you learn how to, once you get a handle on what your budget, like having a budget and knowing what you should be spending and what you should be saving, then you can make all these little tweaks. Definitely. So do you have any questions for me? Like anything that you want it to go over? Um, I guess one question would be then, what would you suggest would be the best format to start laying out that budget? And do you suggest like writing in every single day what you've spent? Like how would you recommend going ahead with so that? So we, we did have a girl on who I was super impressed and she kept a daily budget, which okay. – I don't know that I could do a daily budget, but I think that it wouldn't be a bad idea to do it, to monitor your spending for a week or two like that, just because you've never done it. Yes. Just to track it. Like I didn't have a daily budget per se, but my first two years in the city, I was so broke. I literally knew every dollar I spent. Okay. Um, and so that, oh, that learning experience of being on such a tight budget, I think I had 400 for the month in New York. Okay. Uh, and so just being on such a, because my rent was too high. My dad signed my rent. Like he went, I couldn't get off my waitressing job to go look at the apartment with my mm-hmm. girlfriend. My dad went and then signed me up to be like the more expensive room in this apartment. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I complained to him. I was like, why did you say I was going to pay like 300 more a month than the other girls? And he's like, well, you're making more. And I was like, yeah, but I pay a lot more in tax and I can't afford it. Yeah, exactly. And he was like, We'll figure it out. You can get another job if you need to. And I was like working like 60 hours a week. And so oh I did sign up. I, I did go get a waitressing job because it was like free meal, free drink. And like right, right. Um, I didn't work a ton of hours because I was on the road for work a lot, but I would pick up shifts at this Irish bar. Um, but I had so little money that it was like great to have a night out almost. Like even though I was working, like I got a free drink and a, a meal. Yeah, that's bar. definitely worth it. <laughs> 
but so I, I had that experience the first, you know, couple of years in the city of like really having to monitor every dollar. And I think that when you do that, it's eye opening. So I don't think it would be a bad idea to have it be like a little bit of a project and say for like these two weeks, I'm really going to monitor it because you're going to see how much it adds up. I think that's a good point, especially like it's so easy to just go ahead and like double click on Amazon and be like, perfect, bye, and like not even really have to think about it. And not even think about it. So I would do it as more of a project, like just to see how things add up. And then I would look at where you're spending your money and I bet you it's not where you want to be. Yeah, you're probably right. And then, and then from there, what I would do is I would work, every, I say backwards because most people do do it the other way, but the right way of doing it is say, okay, so this is how much I have 2,500 for everything I need for the month. Mm-hmm. How do I want to divvy it up? And you, and you know what you might find? And like, I used to, I did rent the waterway for a while. And then I was like, you know what? I'd actually rather allocate it differently. Not to say yeah. that that would be what you do, but maybe you say, you know, I'd really rather get a manicure or I'd really rather, you know, pay for a vacation or go to a concert. So you'll be able then to make a conscious decision about where your money's going rather than getting to the end of the month and being like, oh, I actually overspent because my Amex bill, you know, is 3,500 and I only have 25. Yeah. I only made 25 and now I'm going to have to pull out of my emergency fund. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think that I haven't been really consciously making those decisions in a long time. So it would be a good project to, to have. Yeah, and it might not be a bad idea to try it now while we're in quarantine because then you can see how, because you're going to be saving so much on eating out. So then you can kind of figure out how much you want to add back in once everything's up and running. That's a really good point. I think that I should probably start doing that. And then I can see kind of if I don't do X, Y, and Z, what it looks like versus when everything gets back to normal, what the difference is. It'd probably the difference be staggering if I had to guess. Yeah, and you know what? I, I think that as being a single person in New York, the because New York is a very different city than other other places, but part of it is like nobody goes, like no one goes over to other people's apartments for dinner. It's just yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, people find it shocking. And that's why I'm just trying to, because we have people that listen all over the country yep, exactly. to give it context. But like, I literally had best friends that I never went to their apartment, like ever. Yeah, no, dinner, dinner parties don't exist. No one has a kitchen table. Like it just doesn't happen. <laughs> so, um, you know, not to say, cause you don't want to not socialize with your friends cause you're on a budget, but there's other ways to do it, right? Like you could eat something at home and then go and just have an appetizer or meet just after dinner for drinks. You don't have yeah. to do the whole thing because I had to make all of those adjustments when I, you know, when I first was in New York, obviously I never went out to eat cause I just couldn't afford it. And then, um, when I bought, when I bought this business that I have now, I had to dramatically cut back my spending because I just, you know, it was buying a business was very expensive yeah, and sure. a huge financial sacrifice from a personal standpoint. And so I just had to make changes. And what I found was I ended up, I did end up going to people's apartments more. I made that offer. I was like, well, I can just come to your apartment with a bottle of wine. Yeah, like, exactly. And a bottle of wine probably costs as much yeah. as a glass would at the restaurant. So it yeah, be... it's not as common and it's not what everyone does, but you can still make the offer and you can still do it. And I think the downside in New York is you might be trekking an hour on the subway, but if you're saving money, you're saving money. Right. And so that's the, Oh, don't think you have to give it up everything up. Right. You can tweak things. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like I'm in a good situation now, which is kind of like a new, a new opportunity to use that money smartly. So I probably should go ahead and do that as opposed to just carrying on with the normal lifestyle and hoping it all shakes out in the end. Yeah, because what you don't want to do, what what you don't want to have happen is four years down the line, 
you've been managing your money and let's just say a worst case scenario would be that you're, you know, you're still doing the simple, but that you've spent the emergency fund and you don't have a lot to show. I mean, you're making really good money. You want to have net, a net worth to show for it. Yeah. Yeah. You And you also want to have a good time, but you don't want to get four years down the road. And let's say you've overspent a bit on your budget. Cause I could foresee that happening if you're not monitoring your spending. Yeah. And then after, you know, you're making 110 plus bonus, you know, 120, 130, which is really good money. And after four years, you don't have an emergency fund and you, you went out to a lot of nice dinners, but we don't have anything else in your name. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. I mean, I could definitely see that as being a very possible path. So it, it's better. And then this is a good time because now you have the mind space, you know, like nobody ever wants to sit down and do a budget, but like we, you plenty of, you know, everyone. Yeah, no, I think that you're right. I think this came at a, a good time to kind of get back to basics and bare bones of what is really necessary in a day without having the opportunity to even have a social life. And then you can see kind of how much that does play into financial decisions. Yeah, and I can send you um, sample budgets. I would love that. I would yeah. love a template. Um, I think that that could be a, a fun project for the, the quarantine, quarantine hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was great having you on. I will wrap this up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you'd be a fun follow-up because oh, you're please. new to this. I would love that. Okay. So we'll have to have you on next year and see how it's going. I will keep you posted and probably send you some emails with budget updates too, to let you know how I'm faring. (laughs) Um, And then for all our lovely listeners, you can check out our classes at www.planancial.com. And as always, please follow us on Instagram. And if you like the podcast, please show us some love and rate and review us on iTunes. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.